0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Emma. My name's Josh. And this week Josh is going to be leading the episode so I'll just let him take it away.
1: So when we think of haunted places we generally associate that paranormal activity with locations of intense emotion. Places that invoke the living to reach the extremities of their feelings. Whether that be in a positive or negative sense. In the past, we have mentioned buildings such as schools, hospitals, and even covered off activity in an orphanage. But one institution that we are yet to consider is prisons. Built with alleged intention of reforming those who commit injustices in our communities, prisons can often feel a far cry from their supported purpose. A place that people's freedoms and dignity is stripped from them, as they are locked in cells as recompense for their crimes that they have committed. Obviously, throughout the world, prison systems can be vastly different and in the modern age they are substantially better at reaching their reformative goals than they once were. But still, that doesn't make them a nice place to be. Arguably, as an inmate to one of these institutions, you are placed in one of the most vulnerable positions of your life. You are made to stay in one place, you have very limited contact to the outside world, and you are exposed to a number of potentially threatening and hostile situations on a regular basis. This can wreak havoc on a person's mental well-being, causing a range of emotions. Couple that with apprehension of living with the airy feel that uniformed institutions carry, and it is no surprise that prisons are potentially one of the most haunted places in the world. People are incarcerated for their sins there, but when they reach the isolation... They may not be alone, so today we're going to look at three separate prisons to see what kind of experiences inmates and guards alike have had but before that, do you know any stories relating to haunted prisons?
0: um no, not that I know i've I've never been to a prison I've been to a pub that was a prison, but I've never been to a prison. I've got family members who've worked in prisons, but I've never. Okay, have you or are you gonna tell me as you go I've on? been
1: to a prison have you? not as an inmate
0: have you visited someone oh no you you um, used to, you you done oh yeah,
1: I went there with an educational establishment,
0: yeah, yeah no, yeah. I've never cons- I didn't, like given like the degree that I did and stuff, I've never done anything like that.
1: Do so you find them creepy at all
0: um I think the idea of them's more creepy because. I think, like, you know, if a female went in there, a male prison, they'd all be looking at you. Do you know what I mean? I don't think of it, like, just this paranormal way, really.
1: You've made this weird. It didn't have to be weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's what I first came to my mind. Um, I don't think they're creepy, but I'd obviously a lot of sadness happens there, because even people who have been convicted of crimes, they obviously have emotions, don't they?
1: Yeah. So, I've got three prisons to to go over oh okay should we start with the first one yeah located in cornwall england bodman jail was constructed in the late 1700s its brutal architecture was constructed by prisoners of war to house those who failed to abide by society's stringent rules during its 150 years of operational service the prison played host to 50 executions in the modern day The building has been partially renovated to house a luxury hotel that boasts a range of amenities along with hosting its own events that include an overnight paranormal investigation. Researching this establishment online, I came across a job title that I never thought I would hear before, and that is a paranormal manager.
0: What, really?
1: Immediately, I started getting Haunted Mansion-style thoughts, but (laughs) I imagine the job is to manage and promote the events rather than to keep the ghosts in check. So... With having an illustrious past and having seen so much suffering and death, why is Bobman Jail first up on our list of haunted prisons? Well, there is a range of alleged paranormal activity that takes place at Bobman Jail, which has cemented it in contention as one of Cornwall's most haunted locations. Firstly, CCTV recordings have on numerous occasions captured images of an alleged agitated woman roaming the naval wing of the prison. This has occurred in times when the prison was closed to the public during one of the COVID-19 lockdowns that were enforced in the UK. This spirit is said to wander at various parts of the prison and is not shy. Multiple visitors have reported seeing the woman who is described as an old hag in worn clothing and whose menacing presence makes the visitors feel uneasy. Her demeanour is said to be aggressive in nature as she stomps around the grounds of the jail her scolded face leaving anybody who notices it under no illusion that this spirit is not to be messed with. Her true identity is unknown, yet it is speculated that the angry old hag was held as an inmate in Bobman Jail, likely due to an action induced by her foul personality. Another supposed spirit to roam the cells of Bobman Jail is that of William Hampton. Hampton is quite a historical character, as he was in fact the last inmate to be hanged at Bodman jail back in 1909, but of course you don't receive the sentence of death by hanging for your charity work do you? Hampton was committed to death by the courts due to committing the crime of murder. In a fit of passionate rage, Hampton murdered his ex-partner after she had broke off their engagement. After being found guilty of ending a life, it was decided that William Hampton's life should be consequently ended. Investigators have alleged to have contacted this inmate that passed away over a 100 years ago via EVP devices and have also claimed to have captured the images of the apparition on camera. Others have also said that on particularly quiet nights, when the wind isn't howling through the ruinous parts of the prison, the voice of William Hampton can also be heard, echoing gently through the now empty cells of Bobman Prison. I think something that should be noted with Mr Hampton is that the Cornwall Live news outlet reported that as well as being engaged to his partner, who was 15 at the time, Whoa. he was also in a relationship with her mother, Whoa. the dirty dog.
0: Whoa! Keeping it in the family, the dirty cunt?
1: <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Brutal. Our final point on Bobman Jail brings us to the TV show, Most Haunted. Woo! Season 6, episode 1, saw the team, including the late Derek Akora visit the site in a bid to make contact with those spirits that still call the place home.
0: I've seen this episode. Have you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. I'll ask you about it in a second. I'll just finish this. It's only about nine,
0: me. like, but... <laughs> fuck off.
1: You do not remember that. <laughs> the team struggled initially with only a few hints of paranormal activity in the form of sounds being heard and precarious orbs. But soon, Akora was possessed by a spirit that allegedly went by the name of Creed Kafer, who identified himself as a South African. Some back and forth was had with the spirit that had taken over the medium's living body, but the end of the show brought some shocking news. The spirit, named Creed Kafer, was actually a fictional character. Yeah. <laughs> fabricated by one of the most haunted team's members to trick Akora into making something up for the cameras. The name Creed Kafer is actually an anagram for Derek Faker. <laughs>
0: That's the only reason I remembered it!
1: (laughs) Despite this disappointing result for the TV show, the paranormal manager at Bobman Jail insists that possession is actually a very real problem for some guests. She claims that the possessions themselves aren't like the cinematic theatrics that we're used to, but a victim will exhibit symptoms such as changes in personality, becoming skittish and irritated, along with potential mood swings. So... If you're feeling very, very brave, you can book a night in the hotel, and it starts from around 199 pounds per night.
0: That's not too bad. As
1: a luxurious we- uh, well, a luxurious well, a luxurious hotel.
0: Like as a ghost thing, or is it? No, just...
1: the ghosts, the ghosts like um, like evenings or nights. Like, they do do uh... like paranormal investigations generally overnight. I think yeah. I don't know how much they are, but they stay separate.
0: I would like that, but I, I thought that was, like, a ghost thing. You know, like the Haunter's Hotel that's in Chester or something where you're staying, like, you ghost hunt all night. Yeah, well, you, it...
1: you do that. You you can do that as well.
0: Oh, uh, okay. We uh, should uh, go one uh, time.
1: Under different guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you actually stay, though, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. go and you're there until very late in, yeah. or very early in the morning. Yeah. Also, that bitch tricking our desert. <laughs>
0: I wasn't really about that, but I remember watching it with my mum and be like, Oh, fuck hell.
1: <laughs> that is, it's bang out of all of that. And I know it was a woman because I read into it. Not that that makes it any... any yeah, I, you hate women. I just know it was a woman who did it. That's why I said that bitch. Fuck
0: women, hey! <laughs> Whatever you do at the weekend is your business. <laughs> um, but, like, I used to watch and you could just tell he was acting for like before this it's just it just was like as you believe that that prison's haunted obviously it's gonna be haunted but when Derek and gets mentioned I just smile because the nerve is like, just full of shit
1: nobody takes him very seriously nope.
0: <laughs> poor fella sorry mate
1: R.I.P. <laughs> what do you think about the spirits that allegedly so you've got the agitated woman whose identity is unknown but she's thought to be an, an uh, ex-inmate and you've got William Hampton, who was the womanizer. Yeah. Who was the last person to be hanged there.
0: But why... Is it a mixed prison? That's what I'm confused by.
1: Um, I'm not sure, but it's a very old prison. So I think maybe at one time they could have had separate wings. Oh, to, yeah. True could, right. There may not have been many prisons around.
0: I think maybe the woman was wrongly convicted or it was, like, men- mentally ill or something.
1: Yeah, potentially they wouldn't have treated that in the same yeah. same way they would have today.
0: Um. Be like Bedlam, like they just throw them in and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, but that man, he obviously was a shady character anyway. And he deserved to be hanged for being with a fifteen-year-old and being with his mum as well. Yeah. And I that mean, wasn't his crime mean, at the
1: time. I think fifteen. The, yeah. I think that was like a quite a done thing. That was, you know, late eighteen hundreds, yeah. early 1900s That may have been fairly normal. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe it was weird yeah um do you think his historical relevance has like sort of influenced people to believe that his spirit's still there um they hearing voices and stuff but maybe that's somebody else
0: couldn't that just be like yeah like you uh, said I like the other, g- other ghosts like is that
1: aren't as historically prevalent
0: a lot of people like yeah because he was the last person to be hanged there, but a lot of people have, will have died they like of natural causes or they might have made us um they might have been murdered or they yeah, might have yeah. taken their own life. Yeah. So it mightn't have been his voice. They're just doing it to get publicity yeah. type of thing.
1: True. I think the human mind but likes all, to jump yeah. to these these correspondent facts and these sort of
0: also, conveniences. Yeah. There might not even be voices. <laughs> they might just know that someone got hanged there and think, oh, it's haunted.
1: It could be in your head. It could be. Very real possibility.
0: A lot of people they have voices in their head.
1: Depends what they say. Is it, it it's very bad things? And there is help out there.
0: <laughs> Fucking hell! We got another prison. Moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My first note on this one is I do mention suicide in this one, but not in too much detail.
0: Okay, good. So trigger warning.
1: Yes, that's why should... I put it in red writing at the top of. The...
0: We probably should have said that at the start.
1: <laughs> no, I don't mention it anywhere else.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: That's why I've, I've mentioned it on this particular one. There is a mention, but not much. Okay. Immortalised by the 1994 film Shawshank Redemption. Our next prison will be present in the minds of many, but only those who go there will have experienced the terrifying paranormal activity that haunts the cell blocks and hallways of the Ohio State Reformatory, a.k.a. OSR. The first inmates were committed to this facility in the 1890s and it remained in operation until 1990. Initially, the OSR was designed to provide rehabilitation to its inmates via the medium of religion, education and by giving them a trade. Yet by the mid-20th century, funding was being pulled by the government for the rehabilitation model and soon the facility was transformed into a high-security prison. A collective lawsuit by the inmates led to the closure of this facility as it was deemed to be unfit for human habitation, and the new facility was built by the state of Ohio. From curbside, the structure is more of a grand mansion or hotel than that of its true purpose. But once you pass the main building and into the cell blocks, you begin to sense the brutalist nature of the prison. Glamorised in Hollywood for the vindictive treatment the inmates receive from guards and indeed inflicted onto each other, the walls of the OSR literally scream of visitors in the present day reminding them that the spirits who suffered there in a time gone by are still there. One of the most reported cases of paranormal activity comes from the living quarters of the warden himself. In 1950, it is said that the warden's wife was reaching for a box that was lodged on top of a wardrobe. In her efforts to dislodge the box from storage, she knocked a hidden revolver from its perch on the top of the wardrobe, and when it hit the ground, the firearm discharged a fatal shot that ended the life of the innocent woman. Within the following few years, the lonely warden carried on his work, but was struck down in his tracks by a heart attack that killed him at his desk. Despite the couple both meeting their untimely endings, they apparently have not left the prison. Numerous witnesses attest to the fact that they have heard the muted conversations of a man and woman in the old warden's living quarters. What they are talking about cannot be heard, but is most definitely a male and a female's voice conversing, just loud enough for you to notice, but quiet enough to ensure that the topic remains a mystery. Further to this, during the OSR's operational time, the treatment of those held was at times bordering on barbaric, the cell blocks provided tiny homes for the inmates, stacked high and the rows long. The animalistic treatment weighed heavy on the minds of those incarcerated. Should one of them step out of line, the hole was a very real threat that the guards kept up their sleeves. A solitary confinement facility that was for all intents and purposes a metal coffin with no light and minimal space to move. All of this was too much for a lot of people to handle and suicide was a common occurrence, as was inmate violence, which all in all resulted in 215 marked graves on the site. It is claimed that if you were to visit the OSR, you should listen out into the airy space for the clinking of iron bars closing on the cells, unmuted shouting that may be heard as the echoing of the building's past tries to present itself. The last spirit that I will mention with regard to the OSR is said to be that of a young boy. He resides in the basement area of the prison and is said to be light in his energy, giving anyone who comes into contact with him a reassuring feeling that he bears no ill will. Witnesses have reported that a shadow appears in the corner of your eye as though the boy is trying to escape the basement and get out. You won't capture a direct glimpse but are fully aware of some movement that is just evading your vision. It is also alleged that you will be able to distinguish the spirit of the boy from an other spirit in the OSR because he won't be alone. There is said to be a further spirit in the basement that accompanies the boy, yet this one has a sinister air about it. That's because the boy in the basement is thought to be the spirit of a murdered boy that was beaten to death by a guard. Witnesses have reported a tense feeling washing over them when the guard approaches. The room just begins to feel tighter, and the light, reassuring feeling that the boy provides is simply washed away by anger and rage. This is just one of the many examples of alleged paranormal activity that have occurred due to violence that echoes in the walls of the Ohio State Reformatory. And I am certain that there are many more spirits stuck in that place that are yet to be discovered.
0: I've never seen that film.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it in full, to be fair.
0: Is that the one with Morgan Freeman in?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: No, I've never seen it. I've analysed a scene from it in film studies, but anyway, um, why was the little boy there? Was he part of like the guards' family or something?
1: Mm, maybe, he may have worked there. He, it could have been any number of reasons. He yeah. really. could have been a delivery boy or something. It could have been anything. I'm all for,
0: like, I, I, I'm all for like prisons having better system not systems like living quarters because obviously people have committed a crime but they are there to reform yeah but um but like that's obviously gonna mess with their mental health anyway being in the same in a place constantly like the same place stuck there yeah so then if if you're getting threatened that you're going to be in a hole they're already going to be anxious about it so they go, like they will have trauma, and then the, the trauma probably goes with them in their past, like in their like the next life, like once they pass away. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of like negative feelings there anyway, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the reasons that such a hotbed of paranormal activities, but due to that emotion that's just flying about the place.
0: I think like the gods and his wife was it.
1: The warden and his warden wife. And
0: his wife, Yeah, like them living in there, they probably pick up on like people, like the atmosphere. It wouldn't be a nice atmosphere to live, really. No. Like even if, like you had a lovely living quarters, you're living on a prison. Yeah. But why are they still staying there? Like, did something happen to them and they work there? Like, why are they just, there?
1: Maybe just a big part of their life. I I'm quite open to the the thought that ghosts don't just haunt one place.
0: Yeah, or it's like residual energy.
1: Yeah, like it just it lives within the, the walls yeah so
0: like it's like a snapshot of like what you've done in your life type of thing and like you're like stuck there
1: yeah so i think maybe a lot of paranormal activity has something to do with time rather than something else actually being present there and then yeah so you're, you're hearing a glimpse of a conversation that happened while they were living there it yeah. could have been a, as mundane as they're going to the shop to buy bread and milk
0: yeah kind of like a time slip do you mean? Yeah, But much. like it's stuck there.
1: Yeah, and it, it's just sort of replays for whatever reason this might be. Yeah,
0: I don't think that they would haunt that place. And then if they did, why would they haunt yeah, that place?
1: Exactly, because that's the the main the the big argument. like Why would you say, for example, why would graveyards be haunted? Why would you go to the place your body's yeah. buried? You go to the place where you were happiest.
0: Yeah. But the, it might it mightn't be haunted it might just be you when your family come to visit you you're there with them maybe yeah um so. but i think with like little little boy maybe cuz he was murdered there yeah he's like stuck there in a way or maybe he's there like like you said like and it like a time slip like a preview not a preview but like a glimpse of what happened there like maybe to like prevent it happening again yeah
1: the clip just replays and replays and replays yeah. maybe there's another story that came from there, which was of while it was a reformatory, reformative place. Sorry, there was a farm manager They used to produce their own food there. Like, right. it, it was quite like self sustaining for a long time. Yeah. But then in the mid 1900s, like 1950, 1960, it started going really downhill. That's when it became maximum security prison. And that's when it was, like the facility just went to shit basically. But while there was a farm manager there, there was mm-hmm. two supposed reformees that had went through the system, came out positively out the other end and were released back into society. Yeah. For whatever reason, they were hell-bent on getting revenge on this...
0: The farm manager? Farm
1: manager. Did I don't know you? what the reason was, but they went back to the OSR and killed his wife and kids.
0: Oh, my God. Who were
1: there, living on on site. And that... Did they up back in, then in there? No, that then invoked... A six statewide police chase.
0: Jesus.
1: That resulted in one of them being shot dead and the other being captured and electrocuted, given the electric chair.
0: Whoa. Like, I'm all for revenge. But why would you do that? You've been through reform. Like, you've been in prison, you've reformed. Just let it go. Like, calm again.
1: Maybe they just played the system.
0: His wife and kids didn't do anything to you.
1: That we know of, anyway. That we know. Oh, of. We don't know the circumstances, yeah. but that is just that's something I came across. One of the things that so they're allegedly some of the apparitions. It's obviously,
0: like a hostile environment, though, isn't it? Like yeah, I it's know it's be. yeah.
1: It's gonna be so. I've got one more prison to go through. You ready? Yeah. So to finish off, I thought that we should include one of our local prisons just to keep it relatable to our Liverpool roots. We are going to look at Walton Prison, or to give it its proper title, HMP Liverpool. Ooh. This fortress-style building has undergone many cosmetic transformations over the years to abide by the modern requirements of such a facility, but the original was constructed in the mid-1800s. Most notably, Waltham Prison was the joint site of Britain's last executions. Back on the 13th of August 1964, at precisely 8am, Peter Anthony Allen was hanged at the exact same time as his accomplice to murder, Gwyn Owen Evans was in Manchester's Strangeway Prisons. Following this joint execution, capital punishment was abolished within the judicial system in the UK.
0: That's quite late, isn't it? Really? Mm. I didn't realise it, it was that late on. Yeah. I thought it was like, at least like...
1: And it happened just the down 40s. the road. Or one of yeah. them happened just down the road. In total, Walton saw over 60 executions in its time, And it is the man responsible for some of those deaths that provides us with our first story. James Berry became an executioner in the late 1800s following the almost botched jobs of his predecessor, Mr Binns. James became responsible for carrying out the judgments of the court. One of his first victims was ironically named Mrs Berry. There was no relation between the two, but they were known to each other, as they had allegedly danced at a police service ball, but nothing more. (laughs) Mrs. Berry had been charged with committing the heinous crime of murdering her own daughter in the hope of claiming a minimal amount of insurance money that was said to be around £10. Fucking now. Back in the late 1800s. (laughs) But I imagine it only equates to a few thousand pounds now.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: The executioner carried out his work and Mrs. Berry was hanged at Walton Prison successfully. Following the normal practice of checking for signs of death, Mr. Berry proceeded to cut a lock of the deceased's deep chestnut hair off to keep as a souvenir. This had become common practice for James and a way to keep grounded after inflicting so much death. But after placing Mrs. Berry's hair among its macabre peers, James Berry began to live a life of unease and anxiousness. He wrote in his memoirs that, following the taking of Mrs. Berry's hair, he is certain that her spirit followed it back to his home. He was sure the hair ghost was visiting, and he was not able to rest in his own bed. He would toss and turn with a feeling of unease and that he was being watched, but that the unknown eyes were somewhat familiar. The feeling would persist each night until James had had enough, and decided to rid his home of the trinkets and keepsakes. James sold on the items to someone that can only be assumed to have an interest interest in the dead, and that reportedly, f- the feeling of discomfort instantly disappeared from the executioner's home, affording him a decent night's sleep.
0: He's psycho him now. like he fucked and like he obviously just wanted to do murder, but like keep like these trophies. But then get paid for it as well. It's just weird. Like he's not right in the head. He's fucked in the head if he's keeping little souvenirs. It's like Dexter. Like every time he kills someone, he keeps a vial of blood or like a little thing of blood. Like it's just weird. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't go kill someone and then keep like the eyelash or something. He's
1: got standards, have you?
0: If you wanna, if you're gonna kill someone for your job, you should leave at Home. No wonder they followed them.
1: Leave at Home.
0: I mean you should leave work at work, you don't take work home. I don't take work home.
1: You work from home? A <laughs> lot, <Or what>, anyway.
0: <laughs> um no but what I mean is like obviously they're gonna follow him. Like
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um why he was doing it, I don't really know.
0: And he's saying it keeps him grounded. That's fucked.
1: Apparently he was a failed shoe salesman, then a police officer.
0: He's weird. Oh, he'd done that dance, didn't he with Miss Belly, who he killed? Maybe he just liked it. Well, no, he Apparently, kept other... there, was,
1: there was trinkets from other, yeah. other uh, executions that he he completed.
0: I feel like if you keep keeping trinkets from stuff like that, you're not right in the head. And
1: maybe it was just a way for him to process that he was inflicting this much pain, although it was supposedly for the right reasons because the courts yeah. had said so. But it remind it was a reminder that he had been the cause of. Death.
0: But why would you want to be reminded of that?
1: To keep yourself grounded. I don't know. And I can't really relate. I haven't murdered anyone, let alone multiple people.
0: He's just a weirdo. He didn't technically murder them because it was his job. The court murdered them by ordering the execution. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Depends on what your definition of murder is. If it's just ending a life, then he did.
0: Because he was paid to. He's a (laughs) hitman.
1: Yeah. 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 No arguments. Other parts of my research have highlighted a specific cell block, one that is said to be plagued by the presence of something unknown. One account of this comes from the diary of a former inmate who would prefer to be known simply as Frank. Wednesday, 13th March, 1974. Bit of fuss down there earlier today. Seems the wrong person lost the game of pool and didn't take too well to the winner's gloating. Smack around the head with a pool ball seems to have settled the matter, but earned them both a hiding from the screws. Never a dull moment. Thursday, 14th of March, 1974. Quiet day overall. Not too much messing around from downstairs, which is unusual. There is always some sort of trouble when they let us out of these cells for a few hours, guessing it's down to all the banger. Not sure if the screws were doing extra patrols last night, but I could have sworn someone kept walking past my window. The landing light kept being interrupted like someone was blocking from coming in as they passed by. Anyway, nobody has said anything about this, so could be me just dreaming. Friday, 15th March, 1974 I had to ask them today. That guard was doing the rounds all night again, but it felt like they were walking past my door every two minutes. That light shining through and getting blocked by the guards, only to shine through again is waking me up. Like a fucking revolving disco light in my room. (laughs) I did ask, but the guard said that, like every night, there were no patrols after 10pm that go right past the door of the cells anyway. Bit weird, because I know what I'm seeing. Sunday, 16th of March, 1974. Right. Somebody knocked on my door last night. I swear it wasn't a dream. I couldn't make out the figure standing at the door because there was no light from my room out so I couldn't see who it was. I've made it very clear to whoever is playing this joke that it needs to stop. It's not funny, and I need my sleep. Monday, 18th March, 1974. It's getting worse. All Sunday night, there was this figure standing at my door. I mean, it blocked the landing light and made the room darker, but it was like they were just standing there staring at me for hours on end. I know the guards like to have their jokes now and then, but this couldn't have been a joke, it was ours. At least, I don't see the funny side of it. Tuesday 19th March 1974 I need to get out. The figure was back again. I have shouted at them to leave, but they won't budge. From lights out until dawn, it stands there, staring at me. I still can't see a face. It's just a black silhouette standing there, still as anything peering through the little window in my door. I can't sleep. Nobody knows who is doing this, but it can't go on. Wednesday, 20th March, 1974 I have never had to beg for help, but today I did. I need a new cell or somewhere else to stay. Last night, I managed to drift off as usual, but this time, when I was woken up, The figure wasn't in its usual place outside the door. It was inside, with me. I could see the full body of this thing, no details or features, just a shadow that stood there, staring. It had no eyes, but I can tell it's looking right at me. What it wants, I don't know, and I don't want to stick around to find out. I will even go to solitary if it means I can get peace from whatever this is. Following on from Frank's diary entries, it probably should be noted that during the Blitz in 1940, Walton's prison suffered a direct hit. Block C and D were destroyed, and 22 inmates allegedly lost their lives in the incident. Supposedly, one of the bodies of the inmates was not recovered until the rubble was eventually cleared from the blast site over 10 years later. It does make you wonder... Could one of the victims from the bombings in World War two be the shadowy figure that haunts the cell block to this day? Any thoughts or feelings on Walton prison?
0: Poor is it Frank? He just wants to have a sleep, doesn't he?
1: Well that's it, he can't get out of his prison cell can he? He's he's got no choice in the matter, he's gotta stay there.
0: I wonder why they picked him, though. Do you reckon like, it was maybe their cell maybe, at one point?
1: Maybe it was their cell, yeah. Maybe th- Frank had something that appealed to Maybe he not nice of nature or something, I don't know.
0: I feel like that, that bombing probably did cause a lot of paranormal activity because it would have been sudden, so people wouldn't have expected to die. Do you know what I mean? So they're probably still there, like, oh, I'm not really dead. If ghosts do st- haunt the one place.
1: Yeah, if that's how it works. Um, Maybe but then again at the same time like you say that's mass trauma yeah just the the event of it happening even if nobody died would still cause a lot of emotion yeah so there's the the, the, it's a a war anyway
0: so there'd be loads of emotion anyway
1: yeah but I wonder why they're just a shadow figure and there's no
0: maybe no
1: maybe that's a reflection of their anonymity as they became an inmate and it takes away their identity
0: stop it that's what I was just gonna say but not in like such good words i was just gonna say maybe they're a prisoner and they lost their identity because they were a prisoner because they're just a number you're just a number aren't you when you're in prison you just get given a number or like inmate whatever yeah maybe so you said basically what i was gonna say but you said it's smarter <laughs> um my mum used to work in walton prison and she always used to say that she when she was working late at night that there was ghosts she see, said She seen a man walking along the courtyard well as she says a shadowy figure um and she said that someone pulled her hair once and that she often heard voices and like they, they seen stuff like shadows on cctv and that
1: didn't she say about the men's toilets as well
0: yeah i can't remember exactly what she said but she said that, like when she'd clean them she used to clean them like really quick because she didn't like it in yeah. there. she or, like she always used to feel like someone was behind her as well um yeah i did go to mention this at the start i'm not told off <laughs>
1: yeah so when i wrote the script for this i put uh, put at a point at the end to ask emma about this and i didn't tell her before we started recording I probably should have to be fair <laughs> that yes i know you have some some relatable stories to tell but just wait until the end
0: i'll have to ask her because she loves she loves talking about that she's a bit ghost
1: yeah a <laughs> bit like us yeah, yeah she likes the paranormal <laughs> yeah but yeah, I do remember talking about it. That's partly why I mentioned Morton Prison yeah. as well. Maybe yeah. we should have asked them before we recorded this. But I don't know. we'll come back with an update on that.
0: <laughs> um, so have you? So did, when you went to that prison with uni or college or whatever, did you feel anything?
1: No, not particularly. But the prison I went to was like a...
0: Low security one. Low
1: security one, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was quite a modern facility as well. Yeah. So I didn't really... It wasn't particularly creepy. And we were going there to look at more of the, um, like, sort of how it worked, how being a prison guard worked, yeah. what what the risks of the jobs were, that that type of thing, ra- yeah. rather than anyone's experience who were there. We did speak to one of the inmates, but oh, I, think, really? I think the person who was in there li- was in there for some sort of financial fraud. Yeah. Like, they weren't, like, a dangerous, hardened yeah. criminal. They were just well, some fella. kids you.
0: speak to them. <laughs> well, not kids, but, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. But... No, that particular one wasn't. I can't remember which prison it was, honestly.
0: I think it was Manchester somewhere, you know.
1: It might have been. I don't remember which prison it was at all.
0: I am. No, I've never been to a prison. But that Bradwell pub, that's quite spooky, isn't it? Like, there's an atmosphere there.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the really old, like, original prisons of the city, isn't it?
0: It's nice as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they made it all fancy and posh. Mm. No one... You can see Gen- there as well, gentrified. Yeah, is that the right word? Yeah.
0: I don't think the prisons are necessarily haunted. I think it is more like you said, like there's probably just like energy or a time slip mm. from that place. But then I think if a ghost does haunt that, it's probably because they're stuck there. If they, if it works like that, but obviously we don't know if it works like that, really. Yeah.
1: I I think it's got a lot to do with all these institutions. It's one of the institutions, and these are all designed to deal with specific areas of life. So, school is, like we mentioned before, an emotional place. You go into a lot of changes in life. Hospitals, people going through illnesses, death, you know, Births. births. There's a lot of emotion flying about. Prison, although it's on the face of it, you may not think initially emotion, but once you dig down and you get. Do you think what people are going to experience in that? Yeah. Even the guards are going to experience in- emotions. the emotions.
0: Like people are going to be lonely as well. Like you see in your family, you're not seeing your family that much, but you you like you'll be getting pictures and updates from them maybe. But they're um, they're basically living their lives without you, aren't they? So yeah, you're just a you're just an inmate, really. That I know it sounds nasty, but you are. You've been stripped of everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's the worst part the, about, yeah. about it. But well, yeah, I do think prisons can be haunted and I think it's got a lot to do with the emotion. Yeah, I think
0: every, think if they are haunted, everything's down to emotion, isn't it? Like ghosts haunt somewhere because they're emotionally t- attached to it. Yeah. No, Like it might even be in a good way. Like it might have just been like, really you're down for, but you can't escape it. Like it's consumed you that much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if there are any positive ghosts from prisons who have went into the system, reformed it, changed their life completely, they came out a yeah. better person, and they've lived a full life afterwards.
0: Yeah, or people who've worked there and they liked it.
1: Yeah, or a person who's worked there and helped reform lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, could, it could be the, the flip of the spectrum. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. So, if you've got any tales about prison, or you've been to prison for whatever reason, we don't judge, let us know. You can email us at across the cemetery at gmail.com.
0: You can also find us on Instagram at Across The Cemetery. You can find us on AX, formerly known as Twitter. No, I always do this. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at AXTheCemetery and TikTok, axthecemetery too.
1: Literally one job, mate. One <laughs> job. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.